Brand new podcast, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. I, uh, uh, we, I'm with my family right now. We are um, having a great time. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're about to, yeah, have a great Thanksgiving. Hey, don't speak unless I point to you. Thanks. Oh, shut up. And uh, we had a great time at the Rams game last night. Yes, we did. It was did. one of the best games I've ever never been to a Monday Night Football game. Me neither. It was fantastic. It was really fun. You know, I heard them uh, recap on NPR why that. Ooh, I bet that was amazing coverage. NPR probably does Monday Night oh, Football better than up. no one else. That's not what they were talking about. The oppressors. Uh, no, they were talking about. The R words. Shut up. Played the uh, the the C words. <laughs> no, what they were saying <laughs> how, was how important this game was in uh, after the fire because a lot of the ball players live where the big fires were. Really? Mm-hmm, that's what they were talking about and how the uh, everything was called LA together. It yeah, was, I saw that all over. It was that, you know, no matter who you are, where you're from, race, color, religion, sex, age, national origin, everybody was affected by these fires and how everybody in that stadium was so alive and, and awake and and uh, they were That's talking what about really that. sucks about tragedy is it brings people together. It lets people like all this all there this I will tell you from my experience, today's a great podcast. It's with Heather McDonald. We'll talk about it in a second. Uh, I got some reads I'm going to do. I just want to share this little moment. I know some people like these. I know some people don't. Um, But uh, by the way, we do edit out. uh, You'll hear a bunch of bleeps in here or edit outs. And uh, and beautiful Halston. uh, uh, Heather McDonald went to the same school as my daughter, Georgia, is going right now. And he didn't think it was uh, the safest thing in the world to uh, alert everyone to where Georgia would be for the next four years. Yes, thank you. 180 days a year. So yeah, thank you. Uh, so thank you, Halston. I, maybe I should have been a little foresightful in that. But one of the things that sucks about tragedies that brings people together, I had a joke. I didn't have a joke. I didn't. I didn't. I, you know what? I'm not even going to fucking say it. Yeah, this don't. Because so... I wasn't finished telling you what they said about the Rams. Well, which okay. I thought was really awesome. Let's go finish it up. You know what he said? What? He Larry said, Mantle? no, not Larry Mantle, please. I'm not sure Larry Mantle watches football at all. But this guy said that um, LA's had a really hard time with football, right? The Rams left so long ago, and this is the first time they have a team back. And it takes something, sometimes it takes something really big, like last night's football game, to make the hometown really invested in their team. And they, the guy felt like because of the fires, everybody in LA was watching that game either on the television or in person and he felt like that game may have been the tipping point to have really solidified the Rams in LA wow. as like a massive home team like we like the Dodgers like the Lakers he feels like now that the Rams are going to be like Dodger Laker level fans in the I city. think so. There, there, it was, was a really cool commentary, and I thought it, it it was so amazing to be in that stadium, right? Stadium was sold out. It was and, alive, and it was it was everyone was there until the very last minute, and it was standing room only the whole game. Oh. We n- did not sit down. Why are you laughing? <laughs> it's like, that's, not, that's not the definition of standing room only. <laughs> I know, but everybody was standing. Okay, I know what standing room only means. It means there are no seats. It was everyone was on their feet for the entire yes. game. One of my favorite jokes ever is from Caddyshack when he goes, uh, they're on their feet at Augusta because <laughs> you, you can't sit. You don't sit at Augusta. You stand at a golf tournament. They're on their feet at Augusta. I love a joke like that. It just goes by everyone. No one catches it. They're on their feet at Augusta. 
<laughs> and so he says to me on my deathbed, you'll have complete and total consciousness, which is the most horrific thing you could ever have. Right? I'm like, fuck, this is happening. That is one of the best movies ever made. Bill Murray's the best. God. Hey guys, let's start a campaign to get Bill Murray on my podcast. Okay. Um, Bill Murray. I'm, what would you ask him though? You know, I ran into him in New York City, literally ran into him. I was coming out of the subway on the NR train at 57th and 7th. And I came up out of the train station and I was in a hurry in my little head down determined walking and I ran into this guy's chest and I looked up and it was Bill Murray and he goes, hi. And I went, hi. And I was so freaked out. I just ran to the corner. And when I got to the corner, I turned around and I was like, oh my God, that was Bill Murray. Like I just actually ran into Bill Murray. I couldn't believe it. It was crazy. You know, it's so funny. That's my Bill Murray story. I've heard that story before, but you know what's so crazy with political correctness? When you said the N and NR train, yeah. I immediately thought of the N word and the R word. What's the R word? I'm not going to say it. You get in trouble. Oh, that word. I, mean, I can say it too. No, you. you know the N. That's the name of the train. The no, NR. I know, I know, but it's so funny. Now, when I hear the letter N and the letter R uh-huh. or the letter F or the letter C, uh-huh. I think of those words. So they've taken a word and turned the letter into represent it. So now, so I'm, now the letter is the word. Now the letter is the word. So I hear it in my head. So now we have to remove those letters from the alphabet. I would love right? that. Because then, then my how name do you would say be you'd be Bet Bet Kaiser? Bet Kaiser. Bet 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 I would be the same. Leanne. Oh no! I thought you were going to say Bert's Leanne. wife. Just perfect. Um, Bert's wife. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hims. Hims is one-stop shopping if you're a dude. I'm telling you right now. If you have any sexual performance issues, and they are much more common than you think, uh, literally over 25% of new of the case, new ED cases are in guys under 40, and 40% of men age 40 struggle with not able to maintain or get an erection. I'm telling you, this is the place you want to go. Skin care, hair loss, sexual wellness. Um, I have been losing my hair since I was 21. At 21, I started losing my hair, and at 21... I hopped on one of the solutions that Hims offers, and I've been using it for 25 years. And I do not have a full head of hair. I would never lie to you and say I have the greatest head of hair in the world. But let me tell you something. I got so much more hair than Tom Segura, who's <laughs> seven years younger than me, and he just never got in front of that bus, and I got in front of that bus. And that's why I look younger than he does. Everyone always says it. Why does he look so old? I go, it's because he didn't stop by Hims. Hims can rectify this if you are worried about losing your hair and trust me man all guys worry about losing their hair i was with my buddy dave the other day dave williamson comic very funny and he's got the fucking fullest head of hair yeah and he looked at me and he goes yeah man i'm starting to notice it and had to pull his hair out of his eyes to show it to me <laughs> but it, it's, it's a very common concern <laughs> same with ed i'm telling you right now dudes are buying those fucking pills at the gas station they sell pills at the gas station. Yeah. I'm surprised every time you say that. Well, I can't no, believe somebody would actually buy a pill at the gas station. a lot of guys are embarrassed to go to a doctor, and they're embarrassed to try to get a real solution, a medical-grade solution, and so they just they just go, you know what, maybe this snake oil pill will work. And they t- that's, I'm telling you, it's embarrassing to say, you go, uh, why are you here that to see the doctor? Sense. Why are you here to see the doctor? And you yeah. got to tell some lady I can't get my dick hard? 
That's that's embarrassing. Yeah. Well, you don't have to do that with hymns. I'll tell you right now. It's super easy. No waiting room. No awkward in-person doctor visits. No line. Save hours by going to forhims.com. It's so easy. All you got to answer is a few quick questions. Chat with a doctor with a confident for a confidential review, and the products are shipped ship directly to your door. Severe D isn't just an issue for rich old guys in a bathtub fishing with their rods in the water, giggling, drinking cold beers. It affects men's in their 30s and 40s as well. Being your best means performing your best. We talked about my dick on open tabs the other day, and I'm thinking about getting on this and really bringing the thunder. Why did you talk about that? It's a long story. Is, it's it, a rec- is it a long story? Oh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to listen to more of those comedy stylings, we call them liantics. You can go Shut check up. out Wife of the Party. You know, whatever. Uh, here's what you got to do. Try one month today for just $5. We'll get you started for just 5 bucks <laughs> while supplies last. See the website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. Just go to forhims.com slash BertCasted. That's BertCast E-D. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T-E-D. Forhims.com slash BertCastED. 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 This podcast is also brought to you by Robinhood. What's Robinhood, Leanne? It's investing. It's investing. It's an, it's it's an, an app where you invest. Good God. Yeah. It lets you buy and sell stocks. Exactly. ETFs, options, and crypto all commission free. They strive to make financial services for everyone, not just the rich. We've run into this problem ourselves where you you get excited about an idea and you don't want to drop a million dollars into it, but you do want to see how your knowledge about the about the business is. Mm-hmm. You want to dip your toe in the water. And then we called our guy, a great guy down, down in uh, Long Beach or Playa del Rey. Yeah. yeah. And, and it turns into a conversation. And then you get, in a weird way, you get talked out of it because you're talking to an expert and you, and you go, I kind of want to roll the dice. I want to, I want to make my own decisions about my own money. Yeah. And that's what Robinhood is fantastic. It's non-intimidating way for stock stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. Simple, intuitive, clear design with data presented in a fucking super easy to digest way. No costs, no commission fee. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade. Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. Trades, stocks, and keeps all the profits for you. It's super easy to use. The design, it makes charts and market data all right there at the tap of your smartphone. I'm telling you right now. They even tell you like, hey, these are the next most hundred popular stocks and sectors like entertainment, social media, female CEOs. Why would you buy why would you buy a stock based on a female CEO? Because I'm a female. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Because female CA, females support females a lot of the time. You like my misogynistic view? I go, why the fuck would you just buy a stock based on a woman? Well, you would hope you would buy a stock based on the company, not who necessarily. But I guess if, if you company, if you've got if you've got female CEOs and you are a feminist and you want to support your gender, yeah, then totally. yeah, why wouldn't yeah, you? Of course. 
<laughs> That's fu- I am such a fucking meathead. Yeah, you are. I am such a meathead. I you say are. things sometimes. I go, why would you ever do that? I know. Who wears a gold chain? Shut up. <laughs> Learn by doing it. Invest right now. Build your portfolio. Bu- discover new stocks. Track your favorite companies. All with personalized news feed. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> Robinhood is super easy to use. Robinhood is giving my listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help board, build your portfolio. Sign up at birdcast.robinhood.com. That's birdcast.robinhood.com. That's birdcast.robinhood.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Hopsy. This will be the easiest fucking read of my life. Hopsy is sitting right next to me. Uh, it, they are not asking to be in any of the videos, but if you want to see it on any of my YouTube, it is basically a Krups product yes. that is a kegerator yes. that is right next to you. It's a tabletop kegerator. It's a tabletop kegerator. Is keg that rater. the correct term? I know it's not standing room only, but it's a tabletop kegerator. I'll tell you what they, they tell you you need to discuss. Uh, it's super convenient. It literally... It's really freaking cool, I have to say. It's fucking awesome, and the beers are amazing. If you have a man cave, if you have a bar, if you have parties a lot, this is awesome because then you don't have to buy a whole keg. You can buy two two liter things of beer. What am I screwing? No, it no, up? no, no. You're totally right. No, oh, you're totally okay. right. No, what you're I was saying shaking is your head like no, 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 no. Because what I was thinking in the middle of that is I, I would what I like about Hopsy is that for me I think it's like six beers. I yeah. want to say it's six beers. It's nice. To crack one of these kegs and have a draft beer. I hate right. bottled beers, especially right. when I'm home. I want a nice cold draft beer. Well, you know, you could actually take this as long as you had some way of plugging it in. You know, like they have those converters for your car now where yeah. you can plug a regular plug in. You could take it camping. You could take it tailgating. What's amazing is it makes a little bit of a buzz. Like not not loud at all. Not loud at all. On a podcast, you might be able to hear the very initial stages. But once it gets to cooling temperature, it's absolutely silent. Right. And, it, and I fucking love it. Yeah. And you can get a bunch of different beers. You can go in. Let me make sure I'm reading this right. Uh, you can get all the different craft beers they have. I got an IPA. And I got a blonde, I think a blonde one. And they're fucking amazing. They really are amazing. And the, I, I, there's something different, in my opinion, of being in my man cave. And I have a keg rater right there. It's so fucking difficult to use. It is, it is so hard to use. And the beer goes bad before you drink it all. And this Hopsy is the amount of beers you'll want. You never really, I mean, if it's just you and your wife, you're never going to want more than six beers. And by the way, you can get two of these little pony kegs, these little personalized kegs, two or three of them, keep them in your fridge. I've got two sitting in my fridge over there and I just plug them in. So easy to, literally slides right in. Everything is so easy to hook up and the beer is phenomenal. I'm out of this keg. This keg's empty. Oh, I yeah. have one right now. Yeah. And uh, and we'll be using it on the podcast. I got a podcast coming up with Anthony Akumia uh, next week. And we'll be doing, we'll be having Hobbsies. We'll probably run through a few of those. I don't know if Anthony's drinking. Hopsy is the Keurig for beers. Have your own beer bar at your home or your office with the sub. The sub is this little refrigerator tap machine. And it fits... In your kitchen, at your bar, at your office, this would be nice to have in your office. And this deal they offer is so fucking nice, you have no idea. Wait for it, because Hopsy ships these mini kegs to you. You can get them a huge variety from big to small breweries. Breweries They rotate monthly and plenty of IPAs. And I love an IPA on this, on this uh, Keurig, this sub. I love a draft IPA. I'd much rather a draft IPA than I would a bottle. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And here's the deal. You're going to love this deal. 
Go to tryhopsy.com slash BurtCast and use the promo code BurtCast to get the sub home draft machine, two mini kegs of beer, equivalent to like two six-packs, two Hopsy glasses, and a free membership in the monthly beer club for $99. What? That is try. Hopsy. No, H-O-P- that's crazy. Seriously? No, what a great Christmas serious. gift. Oh, this is a great Christmas gift. This is a gift. brilliant Christmas gift. Who can we give it to? I'll give it to everyone. Oh, this is a good Christmas gift. Oh, this is a brilliant Christmas gift. Totally. Go to tryhopsy.com slash birdcast. That's tryhopsy, H-O-P-S-Y dot com slash birdcast. And enter the promo code birdcast where it says enter promo codes. Terms and a... It may be. Apply. It may be at at the um, in the cart after you. Oh, it probably is. Go all the way to the end. But dude, this I'm no no shit. This is a fucking deal of a lifetime. This little this little keg sitting right next to me is fucking so nice in the podcast. Yeah. And if you want to see what it looks like, go to my YouTube channel. Um, I think it's A Kreischer. Just type in Bert Kreischer Bertcast in YouTube. It'll come up. But it's really nice, and it pours a great beer. And I I did it on open tabs the other day, right? Yep. I had one on open tabs the Did other day. Did you open a tab? Ah, 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 ah. And once again, <laughs> for more of those comedy stylings, go to uh, Wife of the Party, my wife's podcast, where they're talking about uh, women's somethings. We're not. We talk about all kinds of stuff on my podcast. I wonder, what did you talk about this week? Which podcast? Oh, I was uh, the with um, with uh, uh, Kaylee, who just moved here from L.A., from El Paso oh, to L.A. Oh, that's a great podcast. Yeah, I got a lot of comments on that, that people really enjoyed it. Today's podcast is with Heather McDonald. Heather McDonald was on Chelsea Lately, Chelsea Handler Show. She was on, um, she, she was back on the Lyricist Lounge Show. If I don't know if you remember that. That was on MTV. She has got a really interesting career. And, you know, it's so funny. You know someone from one place and you think you know everything about them. You know, I was like, oh, she's on Chelsea. She's one of Chelsea's friends. And then, and then you learn more about them. And you're like, oh, wow, this fucking person's fascinating and she is a great conversationalist that's literally great. she was a great interview you love when someone comes in a podcast and just brings it that's awesome and goes hey i understand i understand what this is we're gonna hang out but this is a conversation on steroids let's talk let's get into it right she's fucking awesome it awesome. was a great and her husband came over and bought me um a man box is that what it was man a man crate what was, was a man crate i don't know it's one of their sponsors oh, it was awesome cool. it was what a bunch was in of, it it was like a bunch of uh shot glasses some or a bunch of uh wine, uh whiskey glasses and some ice cube tray holders and it was awesome oh that's where you got those big ice cube <laughs> yeah things? that is oh how cool so check out her podcast juicy juicy scoop i'm on this episode this week's episode so if you're curious of how the rest of this conversation went and what if, if you're curious of what this podcast sounds like when i don't let someone talk that's what it sounds like on Juicy Scoop. <laughs> By the way, I was, I'm was i getting much better at listening to people, but probably not so great on this one. I don't know. What do you think, Halston? Yeah, well, that's, that's why we pay the guy the big bucks. That's right. That's right. Um, so I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, I will be in La Jolla. We've added a Thursday show. So if you wanted to come see me and cigarettes were sold out, Thursday is now available. Um, Spokane, I think. All those shows are sold out. And Brea, New Year's Eve. We'll be in Brea, New Year's Eve, all weekend get your friends it's my last club date for one year i will not be in clubs for one other than the comedy store for one more year so come out and see my last club date which i can't wait a lot of crowd work a lot of fun a lot of new riffing i I think the campers may be going it's going to be a great fucking night without further ado ladies and gentlemen today's bird cast heather mcdonald 
Yeah, I, I, I used to do really long ones. And I do do long ones when I do them at night and I'm drinking. Okay. But um, but I, th- I think I found that just over an hour is like the perfect. I do too. But you're right. Sometimes I've, I've not gotten them jump started until like 45 minutes in. Yes. I had Fortune in the other day. I know you know Oh, Fortune. yes. I, I just saw your video. It's great. One of great. my favorite. She is mine too. She's just such a positive. A delight. That, that, I'm telling you, like, I've never been more jealous of a bit than I just started Googling gay stuff. Like, I guess I'll, I I'll, I guess I'll learn how to play guitar. Well, you know, Fortune and I were office mates at Chelsea. So really? I've known her a really long time. And, you know, we would be each other's sounding boards for a lot of stuff, personal stuff, too, in life. So we're very good friends today, too, as well. Yeah. And she's Did I just see a wonderful. picture of you and her and... Maybe Jen Kirkman. Probably. At, I mean, we're all at someone's still... Someone's wedding or something. Oh, at Chris Frangiola's Chris wedding. Chris yeah. wedding, yeah. So from Chelsea lately, Chris Frangiola, um, Jen Kirkman, Sarah Colonna just texted me, and Fortune and I are all really close. And I'm still close to Joe Coy and Josh Wolf. And I just saw Josh last night. Yes. I made a joke about Josh. I made a joke to him that I'll say out loud now. But when someone was saying... I was talking to a couple of people and they were like... Uh, I was at Josh's house and his son was smoking weed. And I was like, well, yeah, but I go, Josh is like a, a grandfather. And he's like, what? I go, <laughs> yeah. like, his his kids are old. Like, they're adults. No, but not that one, though. Yeah, yeah. The, and, old, the older stepson the older is step-son, the one right. that has all the kids. Yeah, the goes, army guy. He's yeah. like, Josh is a grandfather? I go, yeah, you forget because he's so good looking. He's still white trash. And they're like, <laughs> what? I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. But yeah. I love Josh. I love, I love Josh. Was, yeah. What was he just talking about last night? Yeah, last night was a fun night. We were hanging out at the store. Where did you start? Where did you start going up when you first started doing stand up? So I'm from Woodland Hills. I know. Oh, I know I everything to... about you. My wife came in oh, okay. today, and I, sometimes I'm really bad with research, and okay. I'll, and I like to go in with what I know of the person. Uh huh. And um, my wife was like, y- "You needed more Heather McDonald in you." And I said, <laughs> "Really?" She goes, "Yeah, she's got it together." And I was like. Really? She goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I looked at her Wikipedia this morning. Like, she, I mean, she could have done anything. Anything she did, she would have been successful at. And I was like, God, I don't feel that way, but thank you for Wikipedia making it sound that way. No, but you do, you do have like, like you are very, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a mess. I'm a fuck. I'm a legit mess. (laughs) Like, I think anyone will test to that. Like, I when you you're, you have an assistant, I, want, I would love an assistant. I don't even know how to get one. It's like, that's how much of a mess I am. I don't even know how to get one to get to that place. To I just, this, she's my basically my second one I had. But I really only had one for like a year and a half. And even that was very, and to this day, very challenging. Like, I, I almost got the coffee before. I yeah. was like, oh, there's a Starbucks on but I see that it says I'm going to be there at 9.57 and I'm like, I don't know what your day is like. And then I'm like, Heather, do you ask Cash to get the coffee? I'm like, that's what people do, right? Like all the time, like, oh, my husband will be like, you have an assistant. And I'm like, yeah, but I always just want, I want her experience as my assistant to be really creative because she's so smart and great, you know? Yeah. So I don't have her do dry cleaning or anything. But once in a while, I'm like, I guess I could ask her to go to Starbucks. I mean, I do that for other people. Most of the time, oh, yeah. I'm picking up the Starbucks and meeting her at the office because I'm like, what do you want? But yeah, but no, it's 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 very helpful to have someone like that, which I've never had really until a year ago. I'm not, I, I'm, I, we're trying to, I'm, yeah. I'm you in the should. Weeds. I'm in the weeds. 
like consistently i wake up every morning going motherfucker like <laughs> and i do it every fucking morning my wife's like you need to just take the load off yourself because i'm also a micromanager oh okay like hardcore like i the me letting go of this podcast and letting halston run the board do the mics was only because i was losing my mind in podcasts checking to see if we were recording che- like i was never comfortable i i have post traumatic stress disorder about losing stuff that's been recorded i had lonnie love who's a dear friend of mine finally come in when she finally had a break from the reel we had such a great interview and i had i was at a real studio with my real producer and it got lost really gone and i burst into tears i was like you're calling lonnie right now yeah and she's like heather it's okay and i'm like it's not like i was just and so every time like especially when something's getting juicy and good i'm like is it recording and my heart's like beating and or the live podcast i'm terrified that they won't be taped you know yeah and i'm like you know i notice like I think it's because we come from a generation where we did lose shit. We lost papers on a computer. Mm-hmm. Like, it's interesting because my kids are just so chill about it. You know, they'll be like, Mom, it's right here. Duh, it's right here. You know, and I'm like, yeah. <gasps> like every when I wrote my book and I saw you wrote a book too, like every chapter that I finished, I would send to the editor and then I'd email it to three other people just so it wouldn't get lost. Like, I was just paranoid. Oh, oh beyond, yeah, yeah. Paranoid beyond belief about losing any of my work and yeah. so yeah it's and i have to stop that because it's making me seem really like weird and old no i i i have a i have a thing and i think it's psychosomatic i have a thing where i can't remember like if, Le- if leanne tells me like hey run to the gelson's and go get um go get uh some chicken some jalapenos some guacamole and i need milk and eggs i go sure and I do it. Do you remember that? Do you remember that uh, PBS thing? A, a quart of milk, a loaf of bread, and a stick of butter. A quart of milk, a loaf of bread, yeah. a stick of butter. What did mother say she needed? Oh, I need a quart of milk. A lo- <laughs> like I do that aggressively. Why don't you just have her text it to you where you can reference it that, back? I do that a little bit now, but I, I'm <laughs> testing my memory. Like I'm, I'm afraid I'm getting old. Like I, it, especially with new material. Do you have this with new material? Okay. Where you go up on stage and. You, you're almost not in the moment, not present, because you're trying to remember what goes next and what little eccentric part fit into the bit, and you don't want to lose the cadence of you sent her out the door as opposed to to school with a bag of fucking right. Like, yeah. like I I've noticed, and then when I get right now, I'm doing I'm doing ninety minute shows, but uh, yeah, okay. but I get to the end where they, they want to hear the machine of flying dildos and I just cruise through it and I'm like, I need this energy in that early material. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that with new material, I mean, yeah, I try to like fit it in. But like I just did four shows in San Diego and... <clears throat> La Jolla? Yeah, no, in um, the American Comedy Company. It's a great room. And, um, and I was like, okay, I'm retiring these two stories. Like... I, I got to fill this hour with these two stories out. Yeah. And I tried, you know, and I'm trying to fill it in. And I did bring a little piece of paper out with like a lot because I'm like. Oh, I bring the piece of paper out all the time. And, and, and also then doing the second show, which I've been lucky enough to have probably half my gigs now involve just one bigger show, oh. which I absolutely love because I want to drink after. I want to take photos with the people that are VIP. I just want to be done with it. Yeah. And oh, the, also with you. the second show. But the second show too. 
there's a weird thing happens where you're like, fuck, did I say that already? Like that, that part I feel like has got, is a little harder for me to keep track of. Did you ever do three shows? Yes. And I, it was the worst experience ever. And it was at two places, Denver, Denver, downtown. I did three once. Yeah. And I did once in Atlanta three. Oh, really? Like years Addison ago. Addison always made you do it. Miami always made you do it. Columbus always made you do it. And I would, and back when I was a baller, like a kid, and I was hungry, yeah. I loved it. And then I felt the switch in my career where I was like, fuck this. Yes. Oh, and then I'd be drunk by the third show. I like, never drink until I'm done. I drink, I, I, that wasn't my case ever. Now, I will have a drink. I bring a drink on stage with me. But I don't drink it. Uh, I don't really drink it at all. I have, but but I don't drink it at all. I don't drink in between shows, and then I will drink on the second show, like at the end when I start to tell the machine story. I put back. I love drinking. <laughs> What's I, that? I love drinking. I was just talking to my friend, and I go, I don't think I've ever given up alcohol, except when I was pregnant, yeah. for more than like three days. Did you do in vitro? No, I, natural pregnancies. Three kids? Two and my stepdaughter. Okay. So my that's a real juicy story with my husband. Wait, what happened? So I met my husband and Tell he's a huge husband fan. A Your, my husband wants to come. Okay. I might text him and say, I didn't want him for the whole thing. Yeah. He's, he, he's in love with you. He, you know, knows your specials and, and he was just too excited and so I said, okay, just come later on or during mine. Yeah. I'm okay. But like, let me have my moment with Bert too. <laughs> like I'm excited. And so, um, so I met, I met my husband through friends and you know, we, uh, right away I was like, like I old think school, old school through human beings. Actually I was on a date with someone else. Yeah. I was me. I was dating this guy and our mutual friend who was a caterer on the Keenan Ivory Wayne show that I dated when I was 19. He, we started talking on the phone. It's like platonic friends. And he's like, you should meet my friend Peter. He's tall because I'm tall. So that's yeah. always been a huge How thing. How tall are you? Five, ten, six? I think at one time I was like five, nine and a half. I don't know if I'm that tall anymore. I don't know. As my sons get taller, it's like I'm shrinking every day. It's How just old are your very, sons? They're, uh, just, one just turned 16. Oh, Jesus. And he's at Calabasas High, which is off until Thanksgiving. And then I had to tell the non-Calabasas High, the one that goes to St. Mel's and Woodland Hills, I had to break the news to him that his brother was going to be off until Thanksgiving. Oh, shit. And if hey, you've ever, you, hang on one second. Yeah. Will you, someone let the dogs out? I just told that fucking lady. I just <laughs> told her. I go, I'm leaving the dogs inside someone's coming through the gate. That mother... Will you just run and... Yeah, you could just, just pause it or whatever. No, 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 don't pause okay. it. You don't okay. need to pause it. Okay. I apologize. But I have a 140-pound bull mastiff oh, that will okay. scare the living shit out of your assistant Oh, okay. she's out. Okay. <laughs> Wait, how did Mona get out? And then you have a tiny dog. Oh, this she's, is the... Oh. Yeah. Oh, but that's like a gentle giant. You can tell. She's. That's so funny. Who the fuck let the dogs out? Oh my god. What? Is do you think that's how they wrote the song? Yes. And they were like, absolutely. Oh, god, they had a system bringing coffee. They were the having day. a party. <laughs> they were having a small barbecue, and it's who let the dog? Yeah. Who let the fucking dogs out? So you were saying your son's off till Thanksgiving. He's sixteen. So I had, you know, look. These I don't want to talk about anything sad on the show, but the yeah. fires, everything destructive. But we're in Woodland Hills. But my office and my son's school is Calabasas now. But so I, 
he knew that he wasn't going to have school on Tuesday. And then I said, Brandon, who's in seventh grade at St. Mel's in Woodland Hills, which is not off. I said, Brandon, I have some bad news for you. I go, I just found out how long Drake's going to be off of school. He's like, don't tell me don't, how long. And I go, it's, it's long. He goes, I can't. And then he's like, I tell him and he throws himself on the bed. He's like, I hate that oh. farty turd. I hate Drake. I go, it's not Drake's fault. Like people have lost homes. Don't be such a yeah. dick. Like it's nothing we can do about it. I'm oh, that like, sounds like my youngest going, wait, George is not going to school today? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Now my chest hurts. Oh my God. It was, yeah. So no, he's 16. He's getting his license tomorrow and Shut. taking the test tomorrow. Yes. He's actually one of those kids that want to drive. We're not those parents that are not like Ubering our kids till they're 25. No. Oh, that's kids, me. That's me. Both my kids kid, not getting on my daughter. My stepdaughter got the license too. We were like, no, get 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 the fuck out. Like you're not. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, you gotta not be afraid. You gotta. So do you buy them a car and stuff? He has a yes. We got him a truck. A truck. Oh, like, this is the best story. Okay. okay. So. When I was in, oh God, like Mall of America or something, the girl picks me up in the car and it's a, a wrapped car about Mall of America Comedy Club, House of Comedy. Yes. And I call, I immediately text my husband, I took a photo of it and I said, let's tell Drake that the only way he's getting the car is if we wrap it with my face and Juicy Scoop. And he's like, okay. So I talk about it on the podcast. This girl's like, we'll send you the wrap. My husband yeah. makes it or whatever. So... I keep telling him and I'm like, why? I go, you want to be part of the family or not? Like if I was a farmer, you'd have to pick up and, and get corn. This is the business. This is what pays for everything. Why are you being such a dick? You don't even, you shouldn't even be in Calabasas. We're from the hood of Woodland Hills. You got to tell these kids, I'm not rich like you. I'm driving this fucking car. I mean, when he first got to the school, he was selling Costco snacks out of his backpack yeah to the kids and he, and he knew the things that they what to get because they didn't have in the vending which was all the hottest the hottest stuff he would yeah. sell to, then he's like i don't want to do that anymore then <laughs> then we made him ride his bike he's like i don't want to do that anymore now he's getting cushy getting this car and i go well now you gotta wrap so we are gonna wrap it oh my god and be like here you go now you can drive to school today wait, wait, and can, we're gonna film it can, and then and then can can other comedians go in and get wraps and pay to have your son's car wrapped <laughs> he would probably be okay if it was joe coy he's in love with oh, joe, yeah. joe, Everyone's joe, in love. Coy, joe would do it in a heartbeat so joe coy was um our sons were really good friends at st mel's yeah and actually i got joe coy's son into because i thought that would make my son want to go to which is the all boy catholic high school but he didn't. So then boy, little Joe Coy's son is over there, but he's doing fine. But anyway, I yeah. so badly want my daughter. My daughter's not this human being. I don't know if this is, I don't know what's, yeah, I don't know what's, if what's wrong with me in this. I so badly want my daughter to go up to other comedians, children's and go like, hey, just, you know, yes. my dad's Bert, you're really good friends with your dad and, and, and then go, oh, cool. But I guess that doesn't work like that with kids. When I found out you had da a daughter at my alma mater, which I talk about a lot and I love that school to death and it's absolutely why I'm a comedian today why I am the person Christina Pajinski said the same thing yeah and Christina can you believe it out of all the people Christina and I meet on Chelsea but Christina, you guys had to be in the same grade no she's like a couple years younger than I am okay maybe more I don't know what she is no 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 a she's, years she's about but age. anyway um so I was like you know this is the greatest school and everything you know and um but I, I, I feel the same way. Like, I'm like, this is unique, you know, that's unique. But Drake, 
my son, he wrote a whole paper about how Joe Coy is his hero. He's the funniest person he's ever seen. And I'm like, motherfucker, like your mom's a comic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? I feel unf- like it's unfair that I have boys. And my daughter was, is like proud of me. And she gets a little more excited now if she comes to a show because people are like, oh, are you Mackenzie, my stepdaughter? But they don't. They don't get that it's that they should be more excited about me. Oh, I my daughters are not at all. Well, I also talk about them a lot. Well, I talk about mine a lot too. But, but I, sh- I shit you. On them. But did you in your special? Yeah. Did you let them watch your special? I did let, they see it? No, 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 no. They they saw the parts that they could watch. We did a big viewing party at our friend's house. Okay. And I played the parts that they could watch that were. Um, that were did you okay. t- show the zip lining story? I show them the okay, zip that's lining. what I thought they could handle. Because, okay, yeah, because uh, because Isla was curious of how that worked out. She's like, I didn't find that day funny, and I was like, Well, you should watch it because yeah. I, I tell it funny. And <laughs> I'm like, Well, yeah. Do you think I just tell a story straight? Like I'm just that's her her big thing. I did a joke about her on Conan uh, getting her period, and she was like, she was like, You make fun of it. And I was like, yeah, wait, what did you think I was going to do? She's like, well, I don't know. Just doesn't seem like you'd, like, I thought you'd just make it look cool. She got through herself a period party. And so I was like, I was like, yeah, baby, not a lot of people do that. And she's like, for real? I go, yeah, no one does it. As a matter of fact, no one does it. And she was like, oh my God, do I look like silly? I go, no, it's cool. That's why I talked about it. She goes, yeah, but why did, why did you and the big guy laugh? I go, because we've never heard of something like that. I was like, things are changing, and we're old men, and now that little girls are, and then it went viral, and then all of a sudden, like, little girls were sending emails to my website going like, hey, thank you to you and your family, uh, we, we welcomed, because she named her period Jason, she said, we, we welcomed Daryl into our family. I was I got my period so late. I was already already drove before I got my period. Wait, how old were you when you got your period? Sixteen, but I already had my license. <laughs> That's a very late bloomer in every way. But this is what was so funny when I was watching your special and I'm like, of course she goes to the way you were talking about her, I'm like, yeah. of course she goes to the all girl. That is exactly the place she should be. And so my special came out, my first well, my first, it's my only, but I hope to do another, came out. Around 2000. Yeah, it was on Showtime and then Netflix bought it. Yeah. And I did not let the kids watch it and they didn't ask to watch it because I, I shit on them. Oh, yeah. You know, and I act annoyed by them and everything. A regular parent would. Yes. That's and any so, parent who like just, oh, my kid's such a badass. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't believe you. I don't believe that you have a relationship with your child. <laughs> so with my stepdaughter who goes to we've that, that whole lifetime story, which I didn't tell you. Okay, so basically... I stay, I'm dating my husband for like, you know, nine months in, he starts acting really weird. And I'm like, what is going on? And we were at my sister's place and like, he would drive by a house and be like, would you like to get a house like this? All these, everything that a girl wants to hear. Like, I'm like, he has a job, he's tall, he owns a condo, he's got a car, he went to UC San Diego, like he's fun, he likes to drink, like everything about it. I was like, I think I found the one, Yeah, The, the family's delightful, everything. And he's like, well, there's this girl who's saying that she has my baby or whatever. And I immediately thought like, oh, like a one and a half year old, like from a previous, like I just couldn't. No, he impregnated a girl the weekend. Could have been the, okay. The way I worked it out, this is the, this is the juiciest part. So I met him on a Saturday night. We, I left my other date, went home, made out with him, everything. 
then he called me up and it was like would you like to go out i can do wednesday or i can do friday (laughs) and i had been reading this book called the rules which is like how to score a husband and you're not supposed and this doesn't really apply today with swiping and tinder and you know texting but you were supposed to like let that answering machine message like sit for a day and not call them back and really play like old-fashioned hard to get i remember those and one of the things was no you want the weekend date you want the weekend date so i go um no i'm actually busy I can do Friday. I think that Thursday is when he was still seeing this girl and impregnated her because they'd only been on like one date. That's and that's my daughter. That's oh, my stepdaughter. Shut up. So then nine months later, it's like walking around. Hold on. Nine months later, um, you know, he tells me this, and I'm like, "Well, do you? Are you sure?" And everything. He's like, "I don't know. I just have a feeling, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there. I've already spoke to an attorney. I'm gonna, you know, do the tests and." And this, if this is my child, I'm going to be part of her life. And, but you can do whatever you want, you know? And so I had like a week to think about it, you know? It's kind of a good problem to have because you get a guy, it's almost like, it's like, uh, it's like getting a, I'm trying to think of the right analogy. It's like getting an, a, a pilot that's been, that just got shot down for the first time. And he's like, you know what? I think I like a desk job, like because because he's like he's like coming into the relationship, going, you know what? I've, I've I've just landed one. I'm ready to start settling down. I want to get a house. Like that's why he's be turning into the perfect guy. Uh, so, but I was, you know, like, you know, it's devastating too because you think, you know, and it was devastating when she was when it was when she was born. I was like, okay, his first experience with having a baby is not me. You know, all of that. That's really hard. Yeah. But I also thought. Well, what if I can never have children and this girl and this child is healthy and she's a girl. So then I went and met the woman thinking she's 35. They didn't have a relationship. Won't she feel more comfortable knowing that when McKinsey's with us for a weekend that a woman's there to help? This is like a two week old baby. They're going to already start splitting up time. It did not work like that. It turned into a lifetime movie of of freaking hell. And really? uh, yes, it was awful. Absolutely beyond awful. And, you know, millions of stories with it that I finally told on on my Patreon because I never really wanted my daughter like it to be so out. But I wanted to share the story because I knew it would be comforting because I know how many people have been through step baby mama drama is what I called it because it's my step baby's mama's drama. <laughs> like, yeah. And and how hard it is. So then when she was about. 11 or 12 they they as a mother daughter person has started having issues so then she started to live with us and so i do this special and i did this would do this bit about how her mom would call us and give us all the instructions and it was just such a nightmare and she'd leave these messages and she'd be like you make sure you give them a oh she's asian by the way oh my god you make sure that you give mackenzie the broccoli she liked the healthy broccoli she liked the healthy food don't just you give her frozen hot dog and popcorn like you give to your boy. She liked the healthy food. She liked the healthy broccoli. And you can afford it too. You told Peter he can't afford it. And I would like do this Holy bit. shit. And she never heard it. You know, my daughter never. But I put it in the special. And I was like, no, you guys can't watch the special till you're 16, whatever. And then, so McKinsey goes to. And the teachers start going, do you like your broccoli? oh my god and she goes what's this broccoli thing about and i go all right let me just tell you i go you know your mom has an accent you know i can do voices i go so this is it you know and she's like okay and she just thought it was you know fine yeah yeah yeah. because i'm like 
you know, hey, I will do anyone's voice. Like if you are Southern, if you're the, I'm going to, imp- you know, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, impersonate yeah. my mother-in-law, everything. And so that's the way you sound. That really happened. Yeah. Whatever. So, um, yeah. So, but, but still the school, I always thought, you know, oh, this is so amazing. My daughter's here. They're just going to love me. And so Peter would put everything together for like um, the golf tournaments and all this stuff. And he'd be like, oh, and then I'm going to give tickets away to your show and I'm going to give your book and everything. And then they they wrote him and they're like, Peter, we we cannot be associated with Heather's brand. Oh, you created this brand, you motherfuckers. And then I was like. And I kind of was like, oh, it's okay, you know. And Peter was so mad. He's like, and even my friends were like, God, nobody likes as much as you do. Like, you go on KTLA and, like, start crying and talking about it. And I'm like, I know, but they don't want to use me for their marketing plan. I'm like, whatever. You know, it still was a great place for me and a great place for her. But it's kind of funny, like, about the whole thing. And I do, I do think, I do think how interesting it would be, like, to have Joe Coy's son. We really should do this. Your daughters, my boys. And kind of like ask, what's it like? But I don't think they're like their friends care or know either. Because we're obviously not who they're yeah. watching. Yeah, I, I don't think, I think, uh, I think Isla, the week my special came out, um, kids in the in Isla's school, Isla's still in uh, public school. They knew, like they knew her dad was shirtless on the front page of Netflix. <laughs> and so like, so like, and I said, I said to Georgia, we were all three in the pool, and I said, so how, how's it been? Because I really did trash him pretty hard on the special. I go, how's it been? You know, And Georgia goes, I, I, sent a, I sent a text to all my friends and said, please don't watch my dad's special. I don't want you to know me the way my dad represents me. I want you to know me for me. Does she know that by saying, please don't watch it, that that'll make them want to watch it? Probably. No, no. <laughs> she's so fucking gullible. And so... What grade is she in? She's ninth. Okay. And then Isla, I said, what about you? And she goes, I don't like people knowing me. I said, what? She goes, I don't like people knowing me that I don't know. Like for people that at school to look at me and point at me, bothers me. And I was like, oh, I told that to Burr. And Burr's like, bro, you made your fucking kid famous? Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? You got to ask before you make someone famous. And I was like, shit. He's like, you're like Steph Curry. You just fucking brought your kid out to the press conference. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I, I'll i feature them in, in videos and I yeah. pay them. Oh. I pay them $20. Oh, do not share that with my kids. I, sh- I only <laughs> feature them in videos and I would never pay them anything. My fun, one of the funniest videos I've ever made is the, the Isla rolled in dog shit one time. And it's the fun. I'm telling you, it's the funniest fucking video. She rolled a dog shit. She rolled in dog shit. Oh, rolled in it. Oh, and it's by accident, obviously. Obviously, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But I, I go. Do you just roll in dog shit? I'm videotaping because I just got a new camera. Uh huh. And it's like right there where the pool is. And she goes, no. And I go, Georgia, smell it. And tell me if it's dog shit. She goes, it's mud. I go, smell it. And tell me if it's dog shit. She goes, it's mud. I go, Georgia, smell it and tell me if it's dog shit. And she smells it, stands up and goes, it's dog shit. And Isla's like, it's dog shit. And I am laughing so hard I can't get out of the chair. I'm drinking a glass of red wine. And I'm just, all you hear is me going, Nee-e-e-e-e. And then my wife has to come out. And she's like, what's the matter, Isla? Isla goes, it's dog shit. But yeah, I've, I've, I've leveraged my relationship with my children to sell tickets since day one. I, I, um, I, I just started that a few years ago. I say, you got to be in this and they get $20 an hour. But then Drake tried to 
my older son, they're both really like my husband, and they're so wait, all. How old, are you, how old are your kids? So sophomore in high school, sixteen is Drake. Okay. And my other son is seventh grade, Brandon. Seventh grade, Brandon. Yeah. Seventh grade. Okay. Twelve. Yeah, that's Isla. Twelve. Yeah. And so Drake's like, um, how long did you were having kids when I was having kids? Yeah, he's like, so you were having kids when you were on Chelsea. No, no. You just you'd already had them. No, they were little when I started. They were five and one and a half when I okay. started on Chelsea, which was really hard. Which I had a lot of mom stress and guilt about leaving oh, every day. God. Yeah, and I can't imagine that. Yeah, I can't. I can't. There's a. And this is my advice to anybody working. Um, and this is a Josh Wolf story too. I, I, I was so happy to have the job. You know, I you know pursued the job i got the job i knew did you know chelsea before yes okay. so like socially yeah, yeah. but we weren't that close we became yeah. closer during the show but i was like hey if i don't get like a real gig again like it's gonna be really hard for me to get back in the game i'm 36 and like i gotta make this happen so i get the job and um they're like okay it's for th- 13 weeks and i really did as everyone says i really thought okay it'll be over with but at least i'll have a credit and blah 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 yeah and my mom's like all right we'll just like make the nanny full time and you know and i was like okay so i i did it and throughout the years i just i was the only mom at the time one guy had a kid no other mothers no the men haven't started having babies yet and they all had stay-at-home wives and i just did not play that mom card i missed everything Everything. And then years, five years in, Josh Wolf, who's a regular on the round table, Chelsea loved him and wanted him to be a writer as well. And he basically was like, all right, but I've got a kid. I'm going to leave when I want, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, whatever you say, Josh. And so it was like Monday at three. And he's like, I'm out. And, And Sue Murphy, who's our executive producer, is like, oh, Jacob's got a baseball game? Yeah, good luck. God, he's an amazing father. I was like... I fucking missed everything. T-balled it, everything. And I was like, you know, but then I only had myself to blame. So I like, I just did like an inspirational speech for like women in the workplace. And I said, fucking act like a man, set the rules. And men too, you've got a kid say, hey, if I don't have to be here, my kid has a game at four, I'm gonna leave, I'll send my work later. Like if you set it at the top, I go, I didn't set it at the top and I didn't have the balls to wager that and then have them possibly go you don't seem happy because i couldn't lose the job so it's like it's one thing that i really those little things i regret but you know my kids are still great and uh, you know yeah i miss those baby times and those cuter times but i still enjoy them they don't let me hug and kiss them anymore but i still enjoy them i missed all of it i missed all of it I did the same fucking exact thing. I just talked to Joe Coy about this. Yeah. I missed all of it. I mean, I <clears throat> I mean, I remember what I remember. Yeah. But. Because uh, I'd go on the roads on the weekends too. I'd go on the road on the weekends. Because the minute Chelsea asked me, I was like, and I remember her boyfriend, who's Ted Harbert, who was president of me, the first time I opened for her, he goes, you guys are the perfect combination because you, you guys have the same audience, but different points of view. And you got the mom you know, young mom, you know, thing. And she's like crazy single girl. And he goes, wish we could take you on the road every week. And I go, Oh, you can. And my husband was like, yeah, do it. You know? Yeah. But yeah, fucking, I missed out. You know, you know what? I remember, but I don't regret one thing. I don't regret it because I wouldn't be here today. If I didn't take all those steps, if I didn't accept the book deal when I was so busy where I had to write it on the weekends, it wasn't going to come when you're not busy. Like you have to take it all when it comes. It's what it was. My buddy, my buddy, Tom, is a movie producer 
and he says you got why well, you gotta you gotta make hay while the sun shines yeah and that's the truth and and i am i you should know that like i i, I don't think it's male female although i think you were put in a be- weird position because as a woman when you speak up for yourself about having kids a lot of <clears throat> a lot of people are like uh, Oh, here we go. This is why you don't hire women. And or or they think that you can't handle it, which is another thing I've learned is I used to cry at work. When Chelsea first started, one time I called and I'm like, we had a pool and my younger son was one and a half and we had a, everything. But one day I just called and my five-year-old son, who's an asshole, he's been an asshole from, even at two, he'd be like, I'd, I'd be trying to get him out of the car seat, rain is coming down, and he wanted to do his car seat himself, and he'd be like, Drakey, do it! Like, yeah. just from the start, yeah. just from the start, difficult, I, he's the exact clone of my husband, it's like, I have two husbands, Brandon is now going down that route of being super cheap and asking me, is it free, did we get this for free, don't pay for this, I'm like, fucking, so anyway, oh my God. I, it's just bizarre. You, we're almost like doppelgangers. Uh, so I, I mean, we have so much in common. Okay, so I, so I, when it called and Drake is like, oh, Brandon, he's outside. In I think he's still, you know, something about the pool, like joking. And I knew he was joking to make me think, because how funny to make your mom who's working that your her one and a half year old son has drowned for a five year old. That's a great oh, joke yeah. to do on your mom. Yeah. And I'm like, what? You know. And then I feel, and I just like was sitting there and I started to cry. And someone's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know, like whatever. And. People then would make fun that I would cry at work often. And not until I saw this article in like a Cosmo, which was like why women shouldn't cry at work. And you shouldn't. You fucking shouldn't. It makes everyone around you feel like you can't handle the job. So I think as a mom, if you express that you can't do this or you want this time off or God, I want to do, you know, then they say, okay, she's good. But she can't handle the promotion and she can't handle the next thing. So it's a really fine line of, of trying to ask for something that you want to go do. And, and, and sometimes I say lie. Sometimes I say call in sick. I never used my sick days. In seven years, I used three sick days. I wish I, because I always was like, oh, there's a show today. There's, I've got to be there for the show, you know. And it's like, but I was like, oh, I could have called in sick and just not posted and been smart about it and had a moment or been home with my sick kid or whatever, but I didn't. So it's like, that's my advice to working moms. Like you have to be very strategic and know that it isn't, is never going to be the same because as much as dads are the best dads they've ever, this is the best greatest generation of dads for sure. But there's something in our emotional body that will be different than yours that will give us guilt. If you're going out and making money and paying for the mortgage, you're not going to have, you are going to be like, I'm providing for my family. Partly, yes. I would say that too, but there would be more of, I would be at school and they'd be like, what are you doing here? Not filming today? You know, I'm like, no, actually I am. Oh, you just have no makeup on. I'm like, actually I do, bitch. Like, what's this? And they'd be like, Peter is the greatest. Peter is the greatest. And I'm like, being you know and and also on the show they would people would the other comics and stuff would jab at my husband a lot really because you can make fun of men oh yeah but you cannot make fun of women so when people say is it hard being a female comic i say i have it i have it so easy because i make fun of my husband on stage and all the men laugh and he laughs and i go but 
nowadays guys male comics have to walk a, a finer line of what they say about their significant other if she's a woman i called her a haggard bitch last night <laughs> i have a great joke she voted for me <clears throat> she didn't trust me so she got two write-in ballots uh-huh and sent them in and i go i go on tuesday I go, are we gonna go vote and she goes oh you already voted i go i did she goes yeah yeah i sent it in for you i was like wait she's like yeah i didn't trust you so i got it for you don't worry you're good that's hilarious. Yeah. And but that's something that could happen to me. But mm. I like, but I've always liked to go in. <coughs> I like to go into my spot and I like to pop it. In all fairness, she didn't think I was going to be home okay. on that Tuesday because I was supposed to be on the road or supposed to yeah. be doing something. And so that's why she got the right in ballots. Yeah. And then, and then was just like, well, he's never going to fucking fill it out. I'll just do it for him. And I don't trust who the fuck he's voting for. Because what 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 upset him about the Kavanaugh thing isn't what it should upset other people. Tell me what's upset you about it. Uh, defending your yearbook. What? <laughs> defending your yearbook posts. I was like, can you imagine? But that's all I made. That's what I loved about it, too. Because yeah. my show is not political at all. Mine I, is not I, at all. And I actually made like a, a commitment to it before... Trump was elected like a few months before I go hey this point forward no politics no posting on my page politics it will be removed and sometimes it's really hard not to yeah and I also don't talk about you know sad shit either so I'm like you know sad shit in the world sad shit in my life I'll share but like I I just am like and it's hard so but we were doing a live juicy scoop and it was Chris Frangiola and he's like, and all day long was the hearings and he's like I just think we have to dress it a little I go okay we will but that was basically all we did was just go, you know, like who, who and, and then it, like Chris brought up like, he's like, hey, it's his dad's birthday, but he still went to the beach party with his friends. He's like, why isn't anyone bringing up that he's kind of a shitty son? Oh, like it was amazing. The beach week and oh, beach week. And the fact that he kept a diary. Yeah. Like what fucking dude keeps a diary like a serial killer. And when they go, this is the other thing that really blew me out of the water. These are the other things that upset yes, me. Yes, yes. Is because I would have been him. I would have hung out with his friends. Oh, I would have been partying with him. I, I was writing my friends. I go, this is every guy in the brew crew. That's who we used to call the Crespi guys that yeah. we would meet at Collier Street with our wine coolers. We called them the brew crew. Yeah. I go, this is this is if the brew crew was going to be elected to Supreme Court justice. Yeah, and and they go, he goes, uh, I've always had a weak stomach. I've always had a weak stomach. I can't even have uh, ketchup on my spaghetti. And I went, who the fuck has ketchup on their spaghetti? Like. Like, if you sat down at dinner with someone, I want, I want you to meet a prospective Supreme Court justice. And you're like, so, man, it's very nice to meet you. My name's Bert. I'm going to get a double Tito's and soda. And he's like, I'm just going to get spaghetti with ketchup. I'd be like, <laughs> I'm fucking out. I can't listen to a word you say. My wife's like, okay, I appreciate that that you're upset by things, but you're not upset with what upset you. And I was like, right. Was, and so, but once again, it's like even saying that people get so, the, I, it, yeah. things have gotten so fucking out of control. I don't even want to address yeah. it. Yeah. It's just, it, it, you know, it's hard. I mean, and some, and with all of it, you know, and I'm raising two white straight males. Okay. I wished one was gay, you mean, but you mean oppressors. Yes. And, <laughs> and so I'm like, I, I kind of want there still to be a future for your types, you know, because yeah. I'm raising them. <laughs> There's I don't want them all knowing not to get a job, not to get to college. And I'm like, I mean, you know, and, and I, I do get scared. I'm like, hey, when the when the time comes, Drake, if you want to have sex, I go, first of all, you're going to be 18 your senior year of high school. It turns in October. 
okay? Because we, he was October 29th, so we did one free year of preschool at public, and they needed kindergarten, and they needed kindergarten all the way again at St. Mel's. So he's tall, he has the confidence, he's, you know, he's the perfect October winner, okay? So, but I said, you will be 18 in high school. I go, so if you have sex with someone under 18 in high school, and their parents are like super Christians, I go, your life could be over. I go, so anybody that you have sex with, you are going to film them. You're going to, we have a breathalyzer because my brother-in-law is a DUI attorney. I go, you're going to breathalyze them. The girl's going to be like, hello, my name is Kaylee Johnson. I'm 19 years old. Here's my ID. Here's my breathalyzer. I'm ready to have sex with Drake Tobias. And then you're going to send that file to Michael Goldstein, who's my sister's husband, just in case. And I don't think that's a crazy way to act. Dude, right now, every fucking dude (laughs) on my podcast was like, fuck Yes, this this is this is what this is what is sex is turned into. But it's, I'm sorry, it's, but it's yeah, like I, yeah. you got to. It's like gonna be the same. I'm like, just think of it as like there was a time where people drove drunk, and then you were told you don't get in a car when you're drunk. Okay, well you don't stick your dick in someone that you have not had sex with before for the first time if you're really fucking drunk. Yeah, that should kind of be the thing. Like one night if that starts to get in your olds. head, what <laughs> one night stands are for twenty two year olds. Yes, wait till you're everyone's. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, it's it's stressful with that, you know, yeah, I yeah. can't. But yeah, I mean, with all of it, the one thing I said to my husband, because he would be watching, you know, the the Bill Cosby stuff and all these women and he would we'd be watching the 2020. He's like, I just don't get it. If that was me, I'd walk into the LAPD and I was like, this mother of I'm like, OK, so, Peter, you're 6'3 and you're white. I go, so when was the last time you were ever afraid? And he's like, I go, just when? Yeah. 11 by your brother maybe like never i go well as a woman we're afraid all the time and as people of different color when they walk into a place they get afraid if they're in a too wide of a neighborhood or something and they walk around or you know i go that's just that's all that i feel this this stuff has made people more aware of is just be aware that it's not that you're a bad person you're not racist it's not it's just you're of, of a size you're a man like even yeah. with my kids I was like, oh, you've aged out of being kidnapped. Like, I literally was like, you're too big to throw in a van. What a relief. But with my daughter, I'll be worried for the rest of her life. But my son is 6'4". He won't get kidnapped. The other one is almost there. About, he's past the, he's aging out of that cute, perfect age to kidnap. So I I feel relief. (laughs) It's, it's, in that respect. what, what, What you said that really rings a bell with me is there are things I've heard See, like I'm, I, I know that I, I know, I know I'm a meathead. I get it, and I, and I, I mean, I'm, that's my eyes have been open to what a bro I am and how my life, not every white guy's life, but my life has been a, a, like a, an easy pass. Yes, or haven't I haven't, <clears throat> but I, I didn't know that. I didn't know any of that. But I, I started. Uh, I think when Twitter got, uh, Lindy West was the first person that ever kind of aggravated me. And then I thought, who's Lindy West? Lindy West was the one who came out at Tosh really hard about his uh, rape joke. Okay. And 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 rape culture and and male privilege and yeah and and all that. And I was and I was like, I got really frustrated. And then I thought, and by the way, this is I know no one's gonna expect this from me. I'm super self correcting. Mm -hmm. So I thought maybe I should check her out and read some of her stuff and like. And cause, and form an opinion other than the exact same opinion every white comic has. Right. Because if I'm going to talk about any of this stuff, I want to be informed. 
and she did the, then she wrote this article about fat shaming and about and I was and I which I didn't think was real right and then I got fat shamed and I went oh it's very real I was like well if that's real and then and then I read this article about people coming out as fat and going like hey I was happier when I wasn't worried what everyone thought about my body like I was much they happier. were happier when they were overweight they were happy and they weren't being focused on and they weren't the focus of like you need to lose weight and then people looking at them like ugh, like when they just were like accepted themselves for who they were and I connected with that very intensely and I went okay hold on so let's go and revisit and at the time there was that hashtag yes all women mm-hmm. and and I one of the ones I think Lindy West had retweeted was yes all women are terrified when they order a pizza and I went, that like connected. And I was like, yeah, that's just some dude coming to your door going, so you're alone, huh? A dude, by the way, Halston delivered pizzas. But yeah. uh, but like, that's just, that's just, and I was like, what the fuck? I, I just had a moment where I got a little bit scared the other day. I was checking into the hotel. I won't say what city because I don't want to address it because the guy did nothing wrong. But I was in the, and, um, you know, and they're always like, what are you here for? And blah, blah, blah. And I don't really like to say that I'm there for the, you know, I'm like, oh, just for work, whatever, you know. But I don't know. I think, I think I was like, knew that my my tickets weren't selling that well. So I was like, oh, I'm here. I'm the headlining, blah, blah, blah. And um, so he's like, oh, okay. And then he, you know, shows me where everything is. He brings my bags in. I'm like, okay, I give him 10 bucks, whatever. And he goes to leave. And then, he lets the door shut and he comes right back to where the bed is. And it was like, Oh, are you on like half price gold stub ticket, whatever. But I was like, um, I don't know. And he's like, Oh, it's really cool. Cause I saw blah, blah, blah. And he's like talking to me. And I, I was just, that was like the first time in, in a while that I was like, some shit could go down right now. Like I don't it know totally could. what the, I would do. That's the thing that I And he think. was perfectly fine by the way. But that's yeah. what I'm saying is what we experience that you your size do not experience. Yes. I never experienced that. And I and I never experience if I get pulled over, there's not panic that goes through my I was just with uh with Jesus Trejo and we're walking back from the Virginia Beach Funny Bone and there's like eight cops out yeah. and I'm drunk and high. It's my birthday. And I and I See the cops, I go, what's up, fellas? And Jesus, who's Mexican, shivers. And he's and they're like, how you doing? I said, great, it's my birthday. And the guy's like, oh, happy birthday, man. I said, yeah. I said, what's going on tonight? He said, ah, some disturbance down here. I was like, all right, man. Well, hey, you guys be safe. Take care. And he's like, yep, you too. And then, and then as we walked, one of the guys goes, hey, the machine. I go, what's up, man? And he's like, oh, dude, you were at the Funny Bone? Fucking around. Yeah, man. Fucking hammered. It's my birthday. Oh, get home safe. Jesus is shaking. <laughs> he's like, dude, why would you ever alert the police to our existence? And I'm like, are you being serious? Yeah. And he goes, no, I'm being dead serious. I've never once in my life seen cops and been like, what's up, fellas? Because they're going to go, you look a lot like the guy we're looking for. And I was like. Oh, my God. I, I know. I was, I was like, really? I go, dude, every time I see cops, I say hi to them. I've never once, as a child, if we saw a cop car, we were we were taught to chase it down and get it to stop, and he would give us rowdy, was the soccer team, rowdy trading cards. So if you saw cops driving the neighborhood, you chased it down the cop car and got in front of it like, stop, stop, stop. And I was like, oh my God, it's that little shift in perspective. Chris Rock, they talked about um, uh, racism in Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. And he said, there's not, he goes, there wasn't racism. He, I, and by the way, I'm paraphrasing Chris Rock, who's one of the greatest minds alive. But I, but what this blew my mind. He goes, what it was is that Lorne Michaels and, uh, and Adam Sandler 
had a shorthand that I didn't have. Like they like because Adam Sandler's dad looked like Lauren Michaels. So in a weird way, when they talked, there was a shorthand that I was unfamiliar with, and I went, mm-hmm. "Wow." Well, one thing about SNL back in the day that I realized is I was working. So my first job was working on the Keenan Ivory Wayne's late night talk show. Such an interesting pivot. So I, a pivot of, of this conversation no, or my no, life? No, 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 oh. no. In, in, it's such an interesting, because you were in Groundlings. So I was in Groundlings and his show had just started and I had a, a manager. I finally got a manager. And I mean, I had these awful stories. I mean, it was so hard to get an agent. I had to invite people to the shows. And I remember I was doing Luna Park and I invited eight agents. Luna I had three Park. meetings with this agency. I had invited eight agents and the guy <laughs> running the show wouldn't let me put on on the comp list. So I had to, it was $8 a ticket. I'd put $64 on my card. And they, um, the guy that went on before me was a funny, cute, you know, white guy. And they were all excited for him. And he got off stage and they all talked to him and no, they did not watch me and they signed him. Who was he? I don't even remember. Oh, He's no one super famous now, but like, yeah. I, I just was like, that's a story. Like, that's what it was like. So I, so anyway, I'm doing, I always thought, you know, I'm going to be on a sitcom. I want to be like on Friends or a mom in a sitcom, whatever. You got I got I got to stay, say too, you, but you were in a time in comedy. What we're talking about was when, um, Almost, if you were pretty, it was a super big hindrance. Yes, it was. Like it's, I don't think it is even, that way even, as much now. Even around the people that were in the groundlings with me, they they were very prejudicial to the fact that I was pretty, that I was from the valley, that I cared about how I looked, that I was an alternative. I went to USC. I was in a sorority. I loved that life. It was fine for Will Ferrell to be a frat guy that go into SC, yeah. but for me, it was like they were really you know, very more highbrow education. And even though SC is super hard to get into at that time, it was still seen as like the rich kids state school. school, and state yeah, school. Yeah. State University school. of successful, no, you yep, know, yep. we'd call it successful children. They call it spoiled children, whatever. So it was, it was a little like that. And so I had this manager and he goes, Hey, would you want to turn in a packet for Keenan Ivory Wayne's late night talk show? And I had a, a friend that had been writing on it and I, I knew that he like fired people all the time. And if you got fired, you'd get paid for the full 13 weeks because it was Writers Guild. So I was like, all right, what do I have to do? Oh, you have to fill you know, do this parody jokes and da 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 commercial parodies. And so I stayed home on Labor Day weekend, I'm which I was most, killing myself staying home. I'm thinking home. of the most racist things in my head right now because they're like, oh yeah, just do a bunch of impressions of what white guys look like when they see black people. Send that in and then they should be good. No, actually the, the commercial <laughs> parody that I wrote that he loved was it was the there was a series of commercials about a guy sitting next to his girlfriend or wife finding out that she was pregnant and you know how great that is and i wrote like the real experience of the guy being like wait a minute you know i didn't talk to it and i wrote it like a guy would so he yeah. loved that and um <laughs> but i had to spend whole, all weekend and i missed all the parties in manhattan beach i mean labor day weekend for me like i was still husband hunting like there were two priorities in my life there was an SC girl I wanted to live in Newport and like be cute. And then there was this other one that was like, God gave you this gift. And if you don't use it, you're being an asshole to God. So you have to pursue stand up. But the two didn't really go together because the comic guys didn't really like me. Yeah. That much. What year is this? This would be late 90s, like okay. 97. Yeah. And, yeah. and then the normal guys that were doctors and stuff that I'd meet at a bar that asked me out. 
because my sister was a criminal defense attorney. So we lived together. So she would come to all the shows with me and she was beautiful and blonde. And they're like, wait, she's a criminal defense attorney, like going to prisons and you're a standup. It was just such a weird, but yeah. like, but everybody, but and and I would always bring these great crowds to the bringer shows because they were, here. they were educated. They were smart. They were nice to everybody. My parents would walk up to every single comic and be like, you were fabulous. And like, so but at the same time, then there was rumors that, oh, Heather's filling the, the room. Heather's filling the room. She's really not that funny, you know? And so it was like something I was fighting against because I'm from L.A. and I started in L.A. So um, so with the Keenan Everwayne thing, I go, okay, so I'll fill it out. And I went in and I met him and he was kind of sick that day. And I was like, eh, okay. And then I leave and I call my manager. I'm like, I, I don't think he was into it or whatever. He's like, no, you already got the job. So I had this job at 27, a Writers Guild job. And I absolutely didn't realize how fucking lucky I was and how coveted that was to be in the Writers Guild at 27. Like I did not, I just kind of was like, I just want to maybe hopefully I'll get fired and get paid $20,000, whatever the amount was at the time. And um, I was just like, okay, I'll try to do this. And, and it was, you know, so there, he had six white guys writing for him and about six black guys and one black woman, Alison Faust, who I'm still great friends with today. And she walked right up to me. She's like, I'm the only other woman here. And I, I got that job because he wanted a white woman's perspective. So I never want to act like I had it harder because essentially my first job, you know, was sort of because he wanted, he's like, well, God, let's see what she has to. And it was, and it was turned out to be, you know, a short lived experience because the show didn't last long, but it was, you know, a really weird experience. And I did, but I also didn't realize like I should have stuck with getting those writing jobs. I still wanted to be the person on TV, you know, but then I think everything all works out. You know, you have those regrets in your career and you might even regret it for like two or three years. And then all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, I wouldn't be here if I hadn't done that one thing that I regretted because that forced me to work hard on this, which then got me to here, which is really where I'm supposed to be. But often yeah. like you talk about SNL right after Keen and I got this show called Lyricist Lounge which Wait, was I know Lyricist Lounge yes it was a sketch show on MTV and we had oh yeah yeah the Lyric- yeah I know Lyricist Lounge so I was the white girl with Tracy Ellis Ross so we yes. were so again I know so again Lounge. I Jesus got a Christ. job that because- is a throwback I I definitely watch that holy shit so Ian Edwards oh, I love I just saw him last was, night wrote on Kenan with me and then he and Allison who was also in Kenan they were writing on this and they're like and Allison calls me. She goes, they hired this white girl. And I'm like, she's not funny. We need a white girl. And I'm like, you got to meet Heather. So I'm always like, the black man has been extremely good to me because then I got that job. And they were like, oh, and, and I tried to audition for this. Nobody would see me. Okay. Yeah. And then the... And you're great with impressions. Like yeah, you're great with voices. Yeah. And I would do characters. And, but the impressions growling shit upon impressions. So they only wanted like original characters. So I kind of pushed that aside until really until I got on Chelsea and then one day I just sat there and I go oh Drew Barrymore she's what, what the fuck she has a wine a winery yes she went to rehab at nine aren't you supposed to like give up alcohol together and I just started to like do her and then they're like oh my god and then they're like then I was then I did same thing else I'm reading about Celine Dion I started to do Celine and I kind of like pushed the impressions off because I always felt like well if one person does that impression on mad tv They'll think I'm copying them if I do the impression. That's a, a lot. There's a lot of thievery I, in impressions. But I, I <clears throat> or no. thought of thievery, even thought of thievery. Like everyone's like, I created Chris Walken. 
Like everyone says that. No. And I'm like, you know what? Here's the thing. I say no one owns an impression. Yeah. Everyone does it different. It's the words that you say, I think, as someone who can write. I'm like, look, someone might get a voice down better because I do a lot of housewives and stuff. And there's other people that do that. And there's funny men that do it too. And I'm like, but it's what I can have them say and do that, you know, people seem to enjoy. And I even had a, a comedy manager, Barry Katz, uh, interviewed me and he's like, you need to stop doing, he goes, you need to stop doing those impressions. And I go, I go, well, I'm, I'm an impressionist. I do impression. He goes, no, you, no, you don't. You're a mimic. And I go, and I just go, you know what? This is what the people told Angela Johnson. Don't do your nail bit. And she like felt all self-conscious about it because other comics were fucking jealous of her success. And I'm like, people want to see that. If I'm bringing joy to you, I'm not going to stop bringing joy because some bitter comic who's jealous of me is telling me that I'm a hack <laughs> because I fucking have an ear for voices. Like that's a gift. So, so why wouldn't I do it? People told me uh, incessantly, you got to stop telling the machine. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, I go to my shows. I go to all my shows, and I know how the night runs, and I know that when I start that story, the place goes nuts, and I'm not doing it because I don't have material. Right. I'm doing it because it's these, the pe- these people want- paid thirty five yeah. bucks for a ticket, forty five bucks for a ticket, and if I give them an hour of new material that fulfills me as a comic, I will definitely do another. Th- 15 minutes and tell them the story that they brought their friends to hear. Right. You know what? Advice from that. fucking comics is fucking well, useless. Well, that's kind of like Angela does that too. She'll do like the nail yeah. bit at the end. She goes, but for like a couple years, she and Let said, me tell you something. I saw did- her at the Ryman and I wanted to see the fucking nail bit. I'm sitting in the back going, I hope she does a nail. Did she did do, she nail do it at the end? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And okay. I'm like, but, but she, when I, because we had a lot in common too. And when she, I interviewed her, she goes, yeah, for like a year and a half, I did it because all these comics, told, you're hacky and you're relying on this. And she goes, and then I would get an email or I'd have someone walk up to me after and be like, we drove five hours. And, yeah. and I'm like, I know. And then she's, Fuck them. you know, it's that Catholic guilt and everything. And so you're like, you're right. Like, let me just make people happy. They got a sitter. They paid. Like, yes, this is an experience for you. This is, I'm not... You know, let me tell you the fucking thing that aggravates me the most is like when a comic who, by the way, is not selling tickets, a comic that is not selling tickets <laughs> is critical of a comic selling tickets. And you go and you go, I'm sorry. Last night I heard uh, I was at the store and I was in the back bar and I was just working on my what I wanted to work on. And I heard comics shitting on other comics and, and saying their names and they're in the back smoking cigarettes shitting on and I was listening to the whole thing what were thing. they saying uh, don't say names but just what they're saying uh, dot, dot 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 the fucking Mitzi would be fucking rolling over in her grave if she knew that that guy got spots that guy fucking dude he's a hack and the only reason he's here is because he's famous I was waiting for them to say my name to be dead honest with you and so I, I was like listening and I'm like and, and then I'm thinking they don't understand the game. They don't understand what they don't understand the business side of it and what that guy provides and what that guy's doing and and that that guy maybe I, I maybe you could be critical of his act, but you can't really because people are enjoying it. And that's why that's the point of comedy. And then I got out. I got ready to do my set and I just peeked my head out and I was like, oh, not one person who gets paid to do stand-up is doing this. Not Did you say that to them? Nope. Oh. Because I, I don't like competition. I stuck my head out. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I, I don't like it either. But and I was yeah. like, that makes total sense. And I walked in. And it would have destroyed me if they had said something negative about me. And I was waiting for my name to come up. But fuck everyone when it comes to like giving advice. I just told someone, I was like, 
I was giving them advice, which I shouldn't have done, but I was saying the the whole point, I go, everyone's got a different path. So you can't listen to someone who goes, fuck that club, it's shit money. You don't know what they were getting offered and they're not going to tell you what they really got offered. And, and, and if you want to do it, do the fucking club. I paid out of pocket to go feature for like two years, never made a cent on it, Everyone, I remember Amy Schumer would be like, what? Why would you do that? You got you to ask for 1500 bucks." And I was like, I'm not getting that. And, I, and I'm in a situation where I want to do stand-up. This is my path. I, I apologize for interrupting, but like, no, that no, no. But as, as, you mean as a feature, yes. And, and sometimes that's the case because if the headliner isn't making that much, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to them, even as much as you want a great feature to come with you, yeah. you know, and sometimes it just financially doesn't make sense to bring that person. And I have a lot of guilt about someone being out of pocket and stuff. So sometimes I'm like, okay, wait, let me see. Let me see if I can add another show in another city yeah. and then you can come with me and then I'll make it worth it because I want to make sure that you're, that you're making money that I can cover your flight. And yeah. like, I always, you know, think about stuff like that a lot. My so, dogs are in the house, correct? Okay, good. There's a fucking pool guy out there. And I'm like, I can just imagine this. So but so what happened from Lyricist Lounge to Chelsea? So with Lyricist Lounge, so then after that, um, speaking of SNL, so I um, had this great, you know, reel together and everything and SNL. Is that reel online right now? I no. Please it's like it I had to put, on, put it on YouTube. Please put I it on I think YouTube. some people might have the Go YouTube. to Legacy Box, get it sh- shifted. I know over. there is a sketch, horrible quality, which was a bit that I did that I wrote. And that was the other thing. When I got the pilot, they said, my agent called me and goes, Okay, you're gonna get the pilot for this MTV show, Lyricist Lounge. He goes, Heather, it's the worst money I've ever heard of it anybody getting. It's twelve hundred dollars for the whole week. And I go, I don't care. I, I I'm I need to get something. Yeah. Like I've you know, I'm <laughs> I, I need to, you know, I'm $18,000 in credit card debt from wigs and groundlings and all this other shit that I needed. And, you know, I'm like, I gotta make this happen. And so, so then I go into the meeting and they're like, well, do you have any ideas? And I just, oh. I brought in everything. And in the end, the pilot, like six of the eight or 10 sketches were things I wrote. And, and then they put me on the show and then they're like, and not until the table read of like the first show did the MTV executives go, we didn't realize you were writing all this. We're going to give you a writer's salary on top of it too. And I go, oh, you are like just everything about me. I was just so dumb, you know, and just so happy to work. It's, and not, like, dumb. it's not dumb though, but I think, cause I do that same thing where I go, I just don't want to fuck myself out of an opportunity. Yes. So like I'll, I'll overproduce for you. Oh, I know. So do you do, you've heard of cameos? Have you heard of cameo? No, I just heard, I just heard, uh, I heard, was it Dalia talking about cameo? Okay. Cameo? So cameo it's this app, okay? And the reason I do it is because I would get people that would say, it's my daughter's wedding day. It's my best friend. She just had babies. She's sad from postpartum. Could you send her a video? And then I would like try to do it and then I would try to send it and it was too big of a video to send back through the email. I had to find the email. So when Cameo came, they're like, you can send these videos and it's all through the app and you can charge what you want. Now I charge not much at all because I feel like it's like my little whatever. So like, so like for like, Dude's 21st birthdays. Yes, and things like that. Okay, Oh my so, God, I'm totally doing this. I do this in line for people giving me their phones and like, can you do a video But what, my what makes it great with a cameo, it just makes it really easy because you can read it and do the thing. So I start to do it and I do it and I only do it when I'm like full hair and makeup and then I do like five impressions for the person. I do oh. like a two minute cameo and my son goes, 
mom, you've got to stop going above and beyond. What are you doing? He's like, you just did three impressions. I'm like, well, they asked for it and she just had a baby. And like, but then I watch other people's cameos. We are so fucking much alike. You have no idea. <laughs> People are like, can you just say hi maybe to my friends? Maybe because he went to the Jesuit high school. Maybe I'm, that's I'm, why. I'm, I wonder if that's, that there's is. some sort of Catholic. It's Catholic. Well, I always say Christian service. I always tell people, do your Christian service. Spread the word of Juicy Scoop as you would Jesus Christ. I do everything I do. I, always, I go, oh, it's oh. Christian service. I, like I almost like keep like a bar. Like if it's something I don't want to do, I go, oh, but that I should do because oh, uh, I don't uh, have my hours in, oh in my, my God. brain. Oh my God. I love that you're saying this. I cannot say no to a gig. Like if someone goes, hey, can you do this? It just last night, it's the first time I did it. And I said no, but I then said, I will do whatever you want any other time. I just Sunday it's hard for me because I'm coming home and I really want you to have take to time you off. have to you do have to start saying no to stuff. I mean, there's certain things like I haven't said no. You well, have no my, fucking well, idea, Heather. So you my, have no idea. I haven't said no. Well, you no. should start. Like I, I, like I get offers and you know and and it's like if I have to go on two planes, it it either has to be really great or we pass because I'm like that is to me that's just it's added stress and I and and my husband knows I get bitchy so he goes you. It could only be twice a month. It could only be twice a month. And then <coughs> something else comes. And I go, but what if in a year nobody offers me we this? We have to go. We have I'm to always do like, a f- we have to do, go out to dinner with two of our families. We'll bring both our families. We'll go to Benihana. And, and we have to because I have a feeling me and you are... I, call I, Peter and tell him to come now. Because he's like, got to meet Bert before I we're done. I feel like I, I am so similar Well, that's to why you. when I watched your special, I was like... Wait, when should we switch to mine? Because I don't want to. I don't want to like not be no, able no, to have you. No, no, don't worry. Okay, because I need I'm, you. I'm, I'm okay. good. I'm good for. Okay, a while, I'm good all day. too. Yeah. But I just want to make sure I have. I have a this. two o'clock podcast. Okay, it's eleven. So, We're fine. Okay. I'm but, downloading Cameo right now but, because you have no idea. This is all. I, I, I almost. It might it affect is? my ticket sales because no, I think people are going to go. Oh, never mind. I got the video. I don't need to go see him live. No, no, no. It's not like that. It's honestly like bringing joy to people. Like I, I'm friends with some housewives and. They're, they're doing them. But then this one housewife, I go, you should do it. And she goes, why? I can post, you know, something about 310 Shake and make five grand. Why would I want to spend my time doing a video? And I'm like, because you're going to bring joy to some, Like, that's going to make someone really happy. That's why I do this podcast. But I don't think, I think comics and people like you and I do it because of the love of the art. And then other people that instantly really become famous and they never had to be in a play and all of a sudden like a reality show star and stuff and i'm not saying they're bad people but they don't get that they they didn't have a calling like we did you know what i mean like it's you know like it's like a calling it's like i mean that's why i started to do it because i didn't pursue it in college and anytime someone had a pager on at sc that meant they had an agent you know they were doing things and i was not pursuing it because i was from here so i was like you know, I don't want to be a waitress at 27 and I don't want to be struggling. And, and then I finally like got fired from my first job. That was like this corporate job. And I just was like, God's going to be mad at me if I don't do that. Cause even in the, even at my music teacher said, why are you not a stand up comic? Yeah. Why are you going to SC? You should just be doing stand-up, com- which nobody has those kind of stories. Most people are like, my parents were disgusted that I pursued this. Like my parents were like, Heather, it's any evening at the improv. One day you'll be on that stage. Like they were the most supportive, like yeah. love to come all the time. When Groundlings ended, because I did the whole Sunday show and I didn't make it into the, into the main company. Cause I, this is interesting. The way Sun- Groundlings works is, 
you're supposed to they're supposed to graduate you within like a year and a half or a year of the Sunday show. There were so many of us and nobody at SNL was giving up their spot of this nine to because once you give up your spot, you can never perform at the 99 person theater again. And it was such an ancestral, weird situation. And so I, I was like, OK, you know, they so they kept So I was at two years and that night, that day was the first day I started Keenan and Jennifer Coolidge called me and she goes, hey, it's Jennifer. And I just want you to know, like, you're healthy, like you have a healthy at point of view and I voted for you. But she goes, if you don't make it, she's like, just know that your life will probably be better because of it. And I was like, but I want to do it. I want to. Yeah. And, and I think because they were like, she already has a job, you know, whatever. So I didn't make it. Okay. Okay. I have, and to, I parale- was happy. I have to parallel my Please. fucking story. Okay, yeah. Someone, I had an agent one time tell me, you're not ever going to book anything, but you're going <laughs> to be fine. And I went, what? And he goes, one day people will just want to see Bert. So don't worry about it, but you'll never book anything. Like an actor. Like an actor. And I went, but then why am I going on auditions? He goes, I think that's part of the gig, but just so you know. And I was like, okay, is that you getting out of, like, there are so many parallels, it's ridiculous. There's so many, when I was watching your special, I was like, you know, I was like, this is crazy. And the way you talk about it, it's just that you have girls. And it's the same because you're the, you're the guy with the three girls. Like, I literally filmed us going to this we, I went to this thing I thought it was going to be cool It was called The Last Car Race And I got invited Through Writers Guild Or something And I show the trailer To my son He goes Oh it's got 100% On Rotten Tomatoes And it is But it's just too mature Of a documentary So But we were going to go down I'm like It's at the car museum Like I have boys There's only so many things I can do yeah. I can go to Haunted Horror Nights I can go on Magic Mountain Rides like, you know, even that, if I go golfing, I have to be completely silent. And then if I say good shot, they're like, that wasn't a good shot. I'm like, all right, Dick. Like, I don't even know. Like, it's the worst. But I'm each moment, I'm like, how many more weeks, you know, how many more years do I even have where, like, they're going to even want to talk to me at all? So I, I was getting to your thing about. I'm with uh, girls. Oh, that's so exciting. Oh, yo. So we're in the car. And. They start, my husband and my older son start talking about the cost of driving to Mammoth versus flying and how what, they, they start to calculate the dollars per ga, you know, ga, gallons and then the wear and tear on the car and this and that. And it was so fucking boring and so annoying. I started to film it. And just then, Peter farts and my younger son goes, God, Dad. <laughs> He's like, God damn, why do I have to always be behind you farting? And the conversation just continues. And I just sat there and I said it to my sister this morning. And I'm like, I just want you to know, like, what this fucking, it's a fucking nightmare. I feel like I am just like trapped, like nobody. And they, they like, you know, like kind of bully me in a way. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just, especially with my step and my stepdaughter wanted to leave. She did not enjoy hanging out with us. Like she just, I mean, she loves me. Like we, we get along and everything, but she felt like such the odd person here. She was the girl. She was Asian. She was artsy. (laughs) I mean, the day Trump won, she was crying. The boys were cheering. It was a fucking nightmare. It was a nightmare. And I'm walking into a room, consoling her. And she's like, but I'm like, well, just make sure you're always on the pill. Like, just make sure you're always on the pill. Don't worry. She goes, but what if it gets overturned? I go, okay, I don't think it will, but for yourself, just make sure you never get that. I don't know what to say. I was yeah. like, it was just, but that's what we had to deal with, you know? And uh, That's hilarious. My, my wife today, uh, I, was a, I was asleep. I sleep naked now again, now that our house is, now that the girls are older, 
I can sleep naked again. I don't have to like because no one's coming in the room or whatever. And you like to sleep naked. I like sleeping naked. But this, I like underwear on always. Anyway, uh, this morning uh, I was sheet off, uh, junk and package were tucked. I guess tucked between my legs, and my ass was facing out. And my wife took a picture of it and goes, "Just so you know." This is what everyone sees if they come in this room. And it was so disgusting. <laughs> I thought, I go, why would, I go, that? how could you marry a guy? And she goes, I have no idea. That's gross. Well, and I'll was, tell you the greatest story ever. If I, wait, what are you going to say? Nope, that's then, it. That okay. was it. Yeah. But one time some shit went down with my stepdaughter and I was on a, I was away and they they got in a fight she took off and he didn't know where she was and she turned off her phone so he couldn't track the phone and then i come home yes i come home and i'm like where's mckenzie and he's like i don't know and then he he goes but drake's birthday party is today at mb2 and i go what do you mean i go i can't leave like to go to my biological son's party while my stepdaughter is missing. I go, can yeah. you even imagine the news reports? Like, what? what yeah. I go, go then. I go, but I gotta find her. So I start calling everyone from all the friends. And in the end, she went to a girl who was in the play, but like a different year. So I didn't know that girl. Then she was around the corner and she could walk to her house. And so I'm texting her and I'm having my people other te- Finally, she calls. I pick her up. The, the You know, I'm so pissed at her. And the mom's like horrified. She had no clue. I'm like, get it. And and prior to that, during the fighting going on with my husband, she texts me and she's like, great choice in men, mom. That's what she says. So then during this great whole- Great choice in men, mom. Yeah. So in this, in, this, in this great, I go, you know, you said great choice in men, mom. And then I just did, it was like my Julia Roberts, like stepmother moment. And I'm like, well, the reason I chose that man- is because he came with a little girl and that girl is you and she's just bawling she feels so bad and i was like but now my boys say it all the time they always go great choice in men mom you married that you married that and i'm like what so i'm always oh, like because i can't go great choice in a fight like yeah you're right it was my choice it was my choice yeah it was yeah. my choice but oh my god that's so funny yeah it's uh Anyway, so we go, so get me to, uh, and we'll wrap this up and we'll move over to your okay, podcast. Yeah. But I want to get from yes. lyricist to to Chelsea. Oh, so then, so then, so after that, um, when I was when I was about to go on uh, lyricist lounge before the pilot got picked up, we sent a, a compilation of the pilot, and SNL said yes, come. I had my ticket, everything. I'm dating Peter. And he's going to come with me. We're going to stay with my aunt. We're going to go audition for SNL. I like met up with my old Growlings director. I worked out all my characters. And I'm supposed to leave on a Tuesday. On Monday, my pilot for MTV, the Lyricist Lounge, got picked up. And they're like, you can't go. We, he, my, my manager begged MTV to be, become second place. They're like, no. So I was like, okay. So then after the show ended, we did two seasons. And now I'm married. And now we have shared custody of my stepdaughter. And then my manager's like, let's put the all the stuff from lyricist lounge together and try to get auditions for snl again and i was like no there's no way how what would we do about mckinsey like we can't take her we can't i just i just it didn't even occur to me i was like no 
And then for like a lot of years, I would sometimes have insurance. Sometimes I wouldn't. I'd get a little spark, you know, part on Malcolm in the middle and I'm doing real estate with my parents. And kind of like I stopped doing stand up because I didn't feel comfortable inviting people to stand up anymore if I didn't invite them to my wedding. I never was like a paid person. Oh I swear God, to God. So and I didn't really miss it. Like I was like living in Woodland Hills and I had the kids and I was still getting little things, you know, and I'd written White Chicks. Oh, then I reconnected with the Wayne's Brothers and I wrote uh, one movie that we shelved and then we wrote White Chicks together and I was able to be in that as well. So that was a great experience and I they'd call me to like punch up other things and so I felt like creatively fulfilled. But then Last Comic Standing started and I'd watch that and I'm like, oh, oh, I, I actually really miss this. I don't know why. It did, even though I'd done it for several years and then stopped, I... I I didn't really think of myself as a stand-up. I don't know. And so then I go, I should start doing this again. And so then the next, um, within like a week, it was really weird. This girl um, that would run these all-girl shows that Chelsea would do, Chelsea, Sarah, Natasha Legero, we were all doing these shows together called Pretty Funny Women. And she goes, you know, I just thought of you the other day. It calls me out of the blue. It was like so putting it out in the universe secret. She goes, and I can't believe you were one of the best. I can't believe you quit. And I go... I don't think I quit. She's like, well, hasn't it been like seven years? I'm like, all right. She goes, I go, well, I'll do one of your shows. And so like literally I had like a four week deadline of when I'm going to get on stage again. And it had been seven years at the improv. But sure enough, I had all the friends, the family. I'm like, come. Everyone's so excited to do something. And I called Ian and I'd run bits on him. I'd call like whoever comic friend I had and my sister. And then I just went and had 10 minutes and then built and built. And then within like, I had, I got a pilot that didn't go, and then I and then within that time, my friend goes, "Oh, Chelsea's going to do a show five nights a week on E," and I go, "Oh, I I think she goes, I don't want a full time job like that," and I go, "Well, I think I would," Jesus. and so you know, so I go, "Okay, well," and she's like, "Here's her number," so I texted her and I go, can I please apply for the job and blah, blah, blah. And so I wrote a thing and I knew her point of view. I'm like, if I can write for a black man, I can write for a drunk blonde party girl, you know? So like I yeah. could, you know, and, and then it was, yeah. And then I got the job and they didn't really hire many people. And actually the executive producer wanted someone else. And she was like, no, I know I, you know, I want Heather. So then, so then from there, then by the third show I was on the show then they were like let's find writers that will be on the show and then it went from like almost like our own little Saturday Night Live sketch show yeah. but that's my Saturday Night Live story is that yeah I could have been Kristen Wiig but I wouldn't be sitting here with you today with three kids and a connection right, you know right no and <clears throat> I feel like very satisfied in my career I mean I've, of course I hope for more and I believe being there'll be more but being able to experience the the what you guys had through Chelsea, through that that experience. I mean, uh, from the outside looking in, we, us guys that never were going to do Chelsea or never were going to, like, we just were the wrong brand, I guess. But it was like, it was like magic. You'd go into a club and be like, they'd be like, what the fuck is that? Oh, Annie's here. My sister's here. Okay. Um, I was like, because we have squirrels that run on the roof sometimes. Oh. And so I was like, is there what? Is there something in our garage? Um. It was such a cool experience to 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 watch comics have to yeah. see comics. But I remember one time. I think though a lot of people and you have like a good Christian loving attitude, but I think a lot of comics really fucking hated us. And really, and I think 
after Chelsea, many of us, including myself, had a difficult time getting work because it was like they felt they weren't part of that and or or I'm oh, too really? associated with that. And so like yeah, like I couldn't get on at midnight. I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't be, get on at midnight either. Because I, be, but you I know, couldn't get on. I've never gotten on anything. But that's why I neither could I. I am not and so uncastable. And I'm like, it's weird. It's a little bit weird how hor- how bad of a booker I am of booking stuff. And then nobody sends me out either. So what was great about starting the podcast is I was like, I really had nothing else. I was like. It, this is how people get heard to go to live shows. These people, these guys, you know, Tom Segura and everybody, I'm like, they, they're surviving and doing so great and they're not household names. So I'm like, I guess I'll start doing this podcast. I don't know if anyone's going to listen. And then I couldn't believe it. Like I would have never guessed it, but in my, in my young girl thing of all the stuff I thought I wanted to do in life, having a radio show was one of them. So oh, it's like yeah. one of those things where I was like, oh my God. But you know, speaking of bitter, jealous things, yeah. did you watch the SNL um, sketch, The Potties? Uh-uh. So it was this week and my friend sent it. It was like making fun of like podcast awards. Like, oh, okay. Jesus. But, and she sent it to me because this is funny. And I go, you know, it's funny. I go, but I know, I see the bitter writers at SNL being so fucking jealous of yeah. our success and what they wrote was funny, okay? Yeah. But I'm like, it's that, What? look at these losers trying to make it on a podcast. It's and really while shitty. we're on TV, and I go, and I know it because there were people on Chelsea that were very bitter about YouTube success. And really? and I never wanted to be that person because I was like, I, I was like, good for you. You fucking, you figured out how to edit this shit yourself and you're in your little hometown and you're, you're put on, who cares that you make, that you have millions of dollars? Good for yeah. fucking you. Like why, I remember people being mad about Dane Cook because he was the first one to utilize my, my space. I'm like, that's genius. Yeah, I, I called him the day he got written up in uh, USA Today. There's no, I don't have a lot of jealousy in my game. Yeah. I have, I have a, what's it, like, what's it, what's it, what's it, the thing you're supposed not to, I covet things, but that's not jealousy, but like I go, oh, I would like to do that. Yes, that's, I yeah. don't know if covet's the right word, but, uh, yeah. but <clears throat> I was like, I, what's really odd is I'd, I'd try, we had a kid, our, our oldest went to school with one of the uh, guys who worked at Chelsea, one of the mm-hmm. head executive producers or mm-hmm. whatever. He's like, how come you've never been on Chelsea? I was like, oh, I'd love to do Chelsea. And I'm obsessed with entertainment news. Obsessed yeah. with it. Oh, it's the only thing I do so is go to So were you ever news. pitched? No, because uh, they just were like, yeah, it's not. he's not right. And I was like, wait, do you... I was like, they, they don't know anything about me. Do, do I just not look right? And they're like, yeah, you don't look right for but the show. But that's not true because we had all different types. I know, but, it was, but, I think it was, but I think it was just a little insular. But the same yeah. thing happened with that midnight is I yeah. was like, I was like, Oh, I'm, I, I'll be great. I'd love to do that. I'd be great for that. And they're like, yeah, you're not right for it. And I'm like, hold on. And so uh, for me, it was just like, it was just like, okay, I guess I got to do my own thing and I'll just ma- do a podcast. And it's the same thing with SNL with that, that bitterness that maybe those writers have Yeah, is that they go like, this isn't fair. They didn't go to Harvard. They didn't write on the yes. lampoon. They and how do they? How are they making more money than we are? Exactly. And, and, and being like, able to do their own thing and being and, yeah. able to sell out shows. They're bitter about it. The same way some people get bitter about like a YouTuber or whatever. And it's just like that's what that's the one that's the greatest thing when people say you know what is it like? I go. It's the best time to be a female comic ever. It really and is. we have these 
these ways to get out there. Okay, so TV doesn't want me right now. Maybe one day they will. And if they don't, who cares? I'm still oh. touching people. And that's all that matters is when someone writes me and they're like, I lost 20 pounds because I was on the treadmill listening to you. I, you know, I got through postpartum depression. I listened to you while I took my mother to dialysis. Like those kind of things. I, I never heard about Chelsea. I never got from my books. I only get it from this being, you know, such a loyal audience and such a part of someone's routine. So I'm just so grateful for it, you know, and, but I, I get it. I see how people, well, that sketch, I just saw exactly what that was. And I was yeah. just like, whatever, but they did a good job. It was still funny. I still laughed at it, I, but I, I, saw, I, I <clears throat> saw where the idea came from because I'd been yeah. in those rooms before. It's when you buck the traditional system, people yeah. get a little frustrated. Yeah. Because they're like, no, there were rules. You didn't see the rules. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I didn't. Sorry. But. Yeah, so like you're... when someone's like, yeah, you got to do it for this many years. I mean, people said to me, you can't start um, comedy in LA. And I go, well, where am I going to Fuck, go? I'm so, I'm where am so, I going to yeah. go? This is my hometown. Like, I'm not going to go spend money and move somewhere. They told me to move back to Florida. I was in New York. I'd moved to New York to start stand-up. And they're like, oh, no, no, you don't move to... So, no, no, you did it wrong. You got to go back to Florida. I was like, I already have an apartment. I'm going to start here. Like, you're not going to... I'm not going to really listen to your advice. Sell all my shit, move back to Florida, and then come back and go, did I do it right to you? <laughs> and then people go... People, like, even... I don't know. I... 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 am I, I'm in the position now where I... I've been brought a lot of TV and I just don't want to do it because I go, you're not going to pay me enough. That's what's so amazing. That's what people don't get because they'll go. I make more money Ooh, on my podcast right. than I made on Travel Channel. And yes. I, I make more money on the road than I make more money on the road than than on my podcast, obviously. And uh, and that is all. They're all tied together. Right, and exactly. if I can't take a month off and do Sober October with Joe, Ari and Tom, or if I can't take a month off and try to learn how to surf with my friends, or if I can't, like That's if I awesome. can't fucking take the day to shoot a video, then it doesn't serve my standup. My standup's the only thing that interests me in life. I don't want to be a host where I'm like, welcome back. Today, we're going to have the world's largest burrito. I don't want to do that. And, and, <laughs> and television's by the way, I, I'm a, I could totally do that today. I'm st I could fucking I murder like, a burrito, <laughs> but but like, but uh, and so it's like, and it's like I I don't know if anyone knows this, but television the way it's been for us, for me and you. I'm not saying for the yes. writers on SNL. Mm -hmm. I'm not right. I'm not taking a jab at them. SNL's doing great right now. Mm -hmm. It's probably better than it's been in a very long yes, time. Yes, I agree. Yes, and, but um, but television for where we would fit in isn't working anymore like like there is there will never be another chelsea the travel channel has changed mediums and now they're in, into extraterrestrials and so like so, well, but, that, but, that, but that's how that that's everyone's morphing and that's the only way you're going to work in that, that that medium anymore is that if you're like super specific to people like or you're 600 pounds or right. you're no, I know. Or you're getting skin reduction, or you eat toilet paper. Like, you know what I thought about? How awful if you're the audio guy for hoarders, and you have to put oh. those mic packs on the back of someone's he's got he's body. got a he's got a podcast. He's got Ooh, a podcast. The audio guy from hoarders. No, no, no the the. Well, fucking. what about six hundred pound life? What if you have to be the audio guy for six hundred pound life? I'm obsessed with my six hundred pound life. I'm but do you imagine putting on the mic pack? On someone that's you, in a bed. By the way, I could pick this apart because I've I've I did what I worked in that medium for eight years. Uh -huh. I am obsessed with with the producer who has to get the shot but has to be human in the moment. 
I hate to say this, Brenda, but can we get a shot of you in the shower? Oh, I don't fit in the shower. I know. And I just think that would be really great if we could get you trying to shower. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, that's not how I shower. I know, but if we could just get one shot of you in the shower, Brenda, it would really be the big for this episode. Oh, really? And then Brenda wants to be famous. Yeah, they want to be accommodating. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. I, I mean, and I know producers who have said to me, I got mauled by a bull one time and my producer had to be like, okay, I need you to get back in the ring. And you're like, what? He's like, well, technically we only have six seconds of footage, so we can't milk that into three minutes, so I need you back in the ring, so I know your leg's broken, and I know your ribs are broken, but the ambulance is on its way. Can we just get some shots of you in the ring real quick? And just that fucking fine dance is to me, I, 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 that's what I, I'm obsessed with. I'm obsessed with shitty television. Yeah. Um, oh, so, I watch so, it too. So your podcast is Juicy. Juicy Scoop. With Heather McDonald, that's my name. And, and I've, it's been going for like three, almost three and a half years. And it's um, Tuesday, every Tuesday and Thursday. And you do a new guest every Tuesday and Thursday? Pretty much. Do yeah. you do solo ones? I, I, I have on occasion. I, I started the podcast alone because of that reason. I was like, Fucking I don't want to depend on anybody else. If they get a booking, a, a sitcom or something like, you know, let me just see if I can do it. And I like Wendy Williams, how she does hot topics by herself. So I was like, okay, I can do it by myself. And, but most times I like to, maybe I'll do like what I call a top or like 20 minutes by myself. And then I have the interview guest and I like having guests just cause it's how I get to see other people. But um, yeah. And then I do, and then I started doing Patreon and I have, uh, that's where I have the really like personal juicier stuff really about my life and about the business and things that I don't, that I feel like these are my hardcore listeners that aren't going to like take this info and try to fuck me. So if you're, if you're, even if you're paying $5 a month, I trust you more than, than the other. I can't wait to get onto this cameo shit. You're going to kill it. Well, just, but think about how much you want to charge because you might be inundated and you might wake up and have like, you know, 14 to do and it might exhaust you or 50 to do. So talk to them and see, but with your, with your, with what you have, I think you might have to make it a little pricey just because you'll have too many requests. I'm very cheap. I'm only 50. 50 what? Dollars. 50,000 a cameo. $50 $50 a cameo. A video. You do you can do fifty dollars for a video. <laughs> you, you better, you better. I would say for I'm gonna you, pay off this truck. For you, you should start at ninety nine dollars. Ninety nine dollars? I can get ninety nine dollars for these? I'm t- t- I think you can. Guys, find me on Cameo. <laughs> oh, and you know what? I think if I tell them right now, and this will be proof, I think I get like a little, like a little referral free. Like it's a little multi marketing for entertainers. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I'll, 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 I'll. Can you mark that down that we call Cameo and make sure that I get the Bert, <coughs> Bert's uh, windfall? Dude, that. We could be selling Mary Kay or we could be doing cameos. I would have murdered it, Mary Kay. <laughs> I would have cleaned the fuck up. I, I tried to start a, a meat Mary Kay, like a, a meat Mary Kay, like for meats, Mary Kay for meats. For meat food, you mean? Yeah. Oh, oh. So we go into a guy's house. We're like, Monday night, it's Monday night football. I'm catering everything. I'm grilling everything and you can yeah. order directly from me. And so I throw a big party and I cook up some steaks. I go, guys, these are bison. And I slice it up real nice, right? Maybe yeah. I bring a chef in, okay. medium rare, slice it up. Everyone's like the bison. Bison's lean. It's only this many calories. Hold on. I got elk coming out. And they're like, whoa, fucking elk. And I cut it up, lay it out. And they're like, okay. And I go, no, we have an elk bison package, but I want to bring out the bison and elk sausages that come with it. But and wait, you haven't had the bacon but yet. But what? how are you making money 
off of this. I get, a, I get, I get like Mary Kay. I, it's the same thing. Oh, so you have guys under you then going around and se- having their own meat parties? Yes. Oh. Yeah. And so I and I go now. <laughs> hey guys. We also got some booze sponsors. I want you to try the booze, and we all load up on booze. Maybe we get this uh, Krupp's Hopsy thing, right? Pop one of these, and we're like, all right, now, <clears throat> if you want, you can throw meat parties. Here's yes. how we do it, and we do it like that, or you just order from me, and trust me, I throw a fucking party. And then and then Butcher Box came out, and I was like, oh, that's what I wanted to do. And and uh, and uh, Butcher Box and... and um, and Omaha Steaks. Well, and Omaha like, Steaks has been around for 35 Omaha steaks, years. Omaha we used Steaks to order, been for 100. Okay, well, because we used to order those. That used to be like our Christmas I still order delight. them. I still order them. I have... They have great bison steaks. They have really great they, bison steaks. Well, I hope steaks. they become a sponsor, whatever you're talking about right now, because we just gave a big shout out Edit to Edit whichever big one isn't a sponsor in this podcast. Yes, now, yes. And just talk about the other one. Whichever... <laughs> Yeah, so we should Slide go. Do, we should do your okay, podcast now. Do so okay. now we're switching over. Switching over and he says he can just send it to you, so you don't have to worry about. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And so, so uh, if you've enjoyed this conversation, it's going to move forward, and Heather's going to be in charge. Yes. And we are now doing her podcast. Hey, thank you very much for doing this. Thank you so much. This is a real treat. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.